Welcome to this episode of Best on the Block. I am Kimberly Morrison of the BMP Brand, a nonprofit marketing agency building the community one brand, one business at a time. Best on the Block provides you with personal and business brand coaching and guidance. I will always be your partner to becoming your own best on the block. The aim of marketing is to know and understand the customer so well that your product or service fits him and sells itself. Your brand lies somewhere in the middle of how you make them feel, what you say, and what you do. Are you marketing your service, your product, or your story? This episode of Survive the Next 365 or Survive or Best on the Block is an episode that is the beginning of a series called Survive the Next 365. This, ladies and gentlemen, is the prologue. Sometimes in life you hit a brick, a stumbling block, a fork in the road, hell, just rough times. This period is sometimes caused by life, circumstance, other people, etc. But the solution, the solve, the rebirth, the rejuvenation, the recharge is always and forever driven by our own next step. This year for me really has been faced with a lot of challenges, hence the hiatus in recording the regular podcast. You may ask, is the rough patch over? Well, yeah, of sorts. It's not necessarily over, but I'm over it. And the reason being is because I decided to pull myself up from my own bootstraps. And guess what? Something very innovative. I decided to get help. What a novel idea, right? Simply seeking help. We are oftentimes so incredibly driven, accomplished, and strong-willed that getting help is not our natural propensity or asking for help. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I asked, and I sought help this time. What I found useful also, in addition to hands-on assistance and guidance, was the guidance of a great reference tool. I began to reread this great reference book called Survive the Next 365 by Clark Garrison. That's Clark with a K. To give you an idea of the book's purpose, the dedication reads, To all those who have dreams but are afraid to live them, and to everyone who believes in the power that lies within you. He dedicated the book to us. Those people who know we have dreams and aspirations and sometimes we stand in our own way of of receiving exactly what those dreams and aspirations can bring to our lives. In this book, the author takes you on a courageous and transparent journey to rebuilding his own life after a serious career setback. It was the perfect guide for me based on my recent rough patch that began with the career setback and then snowballed into other emotional and spiritual heaviness. In this episode of Best on the Block, we will explore our personal brands by examining ourselves with Survive the Next 365 as the foundation for that exploration. Follow the series and take this 15-week trip discovering how to survive the next 365. 
During this time, the author has made the book available for only 99 cents during this period. So go to Amazon.com, put in the search field, Survive the Next 365, select the book by Clark Garrison, and let's begin. The Prologue. The prologue begins with the question, who am I? That's actually how he starts it off. Who am I? The author describes that he is no different than any of us, full of confidence on one day and self-doubt the next. He discusses how vital your history is to who you are in the present. He himself is the child of an accomplished burlesque, burlesque dancer and performer who was his everything as a single mother. While his father was a traveling musician who was a womanizer and had a drug problem. Clark describes that this beginning in his life caused him to always look up, look for the better world, the better home, the better situation, the better vantage point to see the world. He describes always looking up caused poor choices and inadvertently <laughs> made his neck hurt. So to follow the survive the next 365 first step model, I had to ask myself, who am I? That's a tough one. Because I had to examine, really, who am I? What was my foundation? Well, I am the daughter of two college-educated and professional parents. They both grew up in poverty and handled the outset of that poverty distinctly different. My dad was the son of a Pullman porter and a nurse. He did not want much for necessities in life, but because his parents were always working, there was not a lot of hands-on hugs and kisses. More love in his home was shown through providing and protecting. My mother, on the other hand, didn't have either of those things. She probably saw them as luxuries to have both parents, to not want for you know, the necessities of life, and to even have someone that showed love in some sort of way. Because my mom lost her mother when she was a teenager, when she was quite young, causing her to instantly become the mother to her younger sister and maintain that role emotionally and financially for the rest of my mother's life. Hence, I was raised to not want for absolutely anything materialistically. Not sure I knew the value of a dollar, though, until I didn't have any money for myself. I knew education. I knew hard work. I knew about striving for excellence. I knew what black girl magic was before it became a thing, the whole nine. But managing a bank account, stocks, savings, 401k plans, and the like, no one discussed any of that with me. You just always seem to have it until, of course, you don't. In comes my parents' divorce. When I was a senior in high school, I came from school one day to my mother in tears in her best friend's arms. My dad had left. Unbeknownst to her, he had, in the middle of the day, packed all of his belongings and just left. As a kid, a lot of the adult specifics I can't really share with you because I don't know. Um, all I know is I came home my dad was gone. And my mom was crying. And my life was different. As a juvenile, I processed that I was now going to be just like everybody else. 
with parents that were separated, divorced, or not together. As I watched my mother's pain and confusion manifest, I processed it like an adult woman, that my dad was just a complete asshole for leaving her. I'll give you some context. At the time this happened, my parents had been married for 21 years. I know, right? What in the world was he thinking? Questions you probably have that I can actually answer is, was he cheating on my mother? Yeah, yeah, he was. Did my mother know? Yeah, I suspect she did. Um, Did she think he would leave? Uh, No, absolutely not. How did all this make me who I am? Because this is the question, right? How did this make me who I am? Financially, I'm frugal. Frugal as the day is long. Like I will, mind you, if people know me, they're like, you cannot be frugal because you always look great and you, you know, that that's the facade thing. That's the Southern, you know, we always, it looks good thing. I'm always going to make it look good. But to be honest, I'm frugal. I'll, I'll pinch a penny. I'll go to Target. I'll go to Walmart. I'll do without. As long as things are paid and stuff is going right. Because that's one of the residuals of my parents' divorce is that we realized that while everything appeared okay, underneath it really wasn't. My mother, it took her years, years to repair her credit. That's when I learned about savings is when she was forced to learn about savings. I learned alongside her. So I... I know how to save. I know how to make sure that I'm going to be more than okay, that I'm going to thrive financially. Um, the next thing that it did is it made me completely cynical. Like watching my father move through that portion of his life caused me to trust absolutely no one. The one guy that you thought was that guy that was the upstanding, you know, moral authority was the asshole. So I am cynical. On the surface, I'm a strong person who, you know, I always see the good in people. Oh, yeah, everybody, you know, everybody has a great side. You know, I'm always smiling. Everybody has a real good side. Yeah, sure. But what it really is at the core The reality is quite the opposite for me. It's because of watching my dad maneuver that I have a strong discernment. And unfortunately, I see the ill will in people before they open their mouths. I can feel the dishonesty. I see the lack of integrity. I can discern the callousness in people around me. It causes me not to trust folks, and keep my circle extremely tight. Now, I'm a marketer and a communicator, so it doesn't mean that I don't know how to communicate, make connections, and build relationships. I can do all of that. But my circle is tight, closed, it's narrow, very narrow, that at times like this, where I've had some difficulties, some serious difficulties, it positions me to feel alone. So I've had some really, I've been in a really awkward and difficult position 
in my life and career in this season. And it felt alone without adequate support. Not that I'm saying my friends aren't there because, you know, they're there. I have a circle of friends, but it's really, really narrow and tight. So asking for help was immensely difficult, immensely trying, and out of my comfort zone completely. So with that said, as I stated in the beginning of this series, surviving the next 365, realigning, readjusting, rejuvenating, is mainly up to yourself. So regardless of who we discover we are, and the anecdotal reasons why we are who we are is not on anybody else. It's on us to change, to alter, to realign, to make it better. So I'm going to end this episode like Mr. Garrison ends his prologue. Change is in the air. Thanks, everybody. Join me every Monday for a new episode of Best on the Block. Go to Amazon.com to get Survive the Next 365 by Clark Garrison so you can fully engage during this series. And thank you so much to Kablastic Village for this amazing intro. Go visit them on SoundCloud. Until next time, be the best. <laughs>